The mission of the Pennsylvania Department of Education is to ensure that every learner has access to a world-class education system. Welcome to PDE Presents, a podcast series for lifelong learners that's dedicated to elevating voices across the Commonwealth. And now your host, Noe Ortega. Welcome to PDE Presents. I'm your host, Noe Ortega. PDE Presents is part of a broader strategy by the Pennsylvania Department of Education aimed at changing the way that we think and talk about the mission and outcomes of education in the Commonwealth and across the country. Through this strategy, the Department of Education aims to shine a spotlight on the greater public good and collective mission of education. This podcast invites school leaders, educators, and other stakeholders to participate in conversations that unpack contemporary topics in education with a particular focus on equity. My guest today is Dr. Justin Alio, the founding senior director for the Readiness Institute at Penn State University. The Readiness Institute enables education, industry, and community partners to coordinate, collaborate, and create experiences for learners to achieve community and future readiness. In addition to his duties at Penn State, he's a visiting Learn Lab fellow at the Carnegie Mellon University, a Getting Smart columnist, and a member of the board of directors of the Moonshot Museum in Pittsburgh. Prior to his current role, Dr. Alio served as a teacher, principal, and district leader, where he started several new initiatives in public education, including the first K-12 artificial intelligence program in the United States. He was also selected as a participant in the 2015 Presidential Maker Roundtable discussion at the White House. His thoughts on academic achievement, equity, leadership, STEM, artificial intelligence, personalized learning, and innovation have been featured in publications that include Forbes, EdSearch, Education Week, American School Board Journal, and School Administrator. And he has served as a keynote speaker and presenter at a number of national conferences conferences. We are pleased to welcome to PDE Presents today, Justin. Justin, welcome. Thank you so much, and thank you for your leadership, and it's a pleasure to be on your podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Justin, you know, for those who might be meeting you virtually for the first time, what is something that you might be willing to share with our listeners about who you are as a professional and how you approach your work? Again, thank you for being on this podcast. I would say first and foremost, I am a lifelong learner, always. I'm always looking to learn, to strive and grow and share to help make a positive impact on society. I'm also a lifelong educator. I was a teacher, principal, district leader, and now the founding senior director at the Readiness Institute at Penn State. I approach my work every day knowing that we cannot predict the future. We can't, it's impossible. But what we can do, we can design the future that we envision. And to do that, we have to listen and support all the stakeholders who we serve, from districts to schools, to parents, to teachers, to community leaders, businesses, and most importantly, our students. We have to listen and support, but we also have to take action. I approach my work every day knowing that today could be the day that could change someone's life, and we have to take action to get to that point. We have to involve community leaders, business leaders, and industry leaders to get to that point. 
Getting kids ready for college and careers is very important. And I think we do a great job in Pennsylvania with getting students ready for college and careers. But we also have to get them ready to be successful in college and careers and teach them the community and future ready skills needed to achieve that. But our ultimate goal is to make sure that everyone, and I, and I approach this every single day with this lens, that every student across the state, across Pennsylvania, needs to have a high quality education. But it starts with us today designing what the high quality education looks like so we can achieve that tomorrow and a week from now and a month from now. We cannot sit and just wait for it to happen. We need to design it today and take action on it today in order to achieve what we envision what the future should look like. Justin, I appreciate that insight both into who you are as a professional, but also your philosophy and approach to change. I think when you suggest that we're in a, uh, taking agency and making sure that we design the future in the way that we envision it is really important given that those past year has really changed the educational landscape forever. And uh, for many of us, we began to envision what is the next three, six, nine, uh, even year or two going to look like in terms of education. What do you feel, Justin, is one of the most pressing matters at the moment in the field of education? I remember last March of 2020, I was a curriculum director sitting in a conference room and we had the transition from in person to remote. But I also remember going home that evening and having a middle school child, having an intermediate school child, and having an elementary school child living at my house, my own children. And it was professional and a personal change to what education has switched to. But one thing that I will say that came more apparent than ever was that education is more important now. An investment in education, what we can do with schools and our students is more important now than ever before because we have opened up a whole world. In fact, society, the world has opened up a new society and we have to get our students, our learners, our children ready for that change. And so a lot of things came up very apparent to me. Number one, like I said, education is more important now than ever before in schools. The second thing is relationships are more important now than ever before. It used to be the students came to the school and they sat in the classroom and had to listen to the teacher. Now, a lot of students are giving the option, come to school, remote, uh, work remotely, uh, learn virtually, uh, do internships. The world of education has opened up, but students are no longer forced to get in that situation. So as educators, we need to want them to learn. And it starts with relationships. I was amazed from last March until the present day. I'm still amazed every day what educators and administrators are doing in school systems to develop those relationships by making home visits, uh, doing calls just to see, hey, how's it going today? Tell me about what happened. Tell me about your summertime. Creating those relationships so students want to be in those classrooms. Students want to learn every day. 
we I think before we took it for granted that students came to us, that we, we taught them great, they were engaged. But then when they, they had to go to remote, it was okay. We have to now want them to be in our classroom because they have other options. They're sitting at home maybe, and they're watching TV, they're playing with their brother and sister. So how can we further develop those relationships in order to make sure that they want to be in a classroom, they want to learn, and they get, they get excited about learning. And I've seen educators move mountains. In fact, Randy Pouch, the great last lecture at Carnegie Mellon University said, the brick walls are there not to keep us out, but to show us how badly we want something. And I see educators now more than ever before wanting to have a relationship with their students. So, so to me, that's a great silver spoon in this is the fact that relationships are stronger than ever before in education. And now we have to keep that momentum and continue to uh, go down that relationship building track. The third thing is the importance of developing relationships, not just with students, but also with community leaders and business leaders and other educators, whether it's other K through 12 organizations, nonprofits, institutes, universities, all working together in order to share best practices. So the education scene has changed, but I am fully confident that we have learned a great deal and we're moving in the right direction but it takes a village, if you want to say that, to really develop those relationships with those students and, and create that desire to want to learn in order to just, I need to learn this, to I want to learn this. And I've seen, like I said, educators move mountains, uh, do amazing things, put their superhero hats on, and, and, and school administrators working together from March until today, superintendents are meeting across district lines more often than they have ever met in the history of schools before because they wanna learn from each other. So there's a lot of positive things that came out of this. We have a lot of work to do to make sure students are safe. We have a lot of work to do to continue to share best practices. But at the heart of it, I've seen it professionally. I've seen it personally at home with my own children. Hmm. I've seen it where teachers engage on, on, on a video call or engage in person to make my my child my children want to be in school with smiles on their faces ready to learn. I appreciate that. The reminder of both the heroics that our school leaders, educators have shown throughout the entire uh, past year, year and a half, you know, things that we've come to expect and we've seen highlighted uh, when the crisis called for it. But I also appreciate you highlighting the fact that this has been relational, right? Navigating through the past, uh, what's going to be the third academic term disrupted by the challenges of the pandemic. Uh, this is about being other oriented, about thinking how you engage folks in troubleshooting concerns to ensure that the provision of learning and services are made available. When I look at just in the, the mission of the program that you have the privilege of working in at the moment, you know, the Readiness Institute, ensuring that uh, young folks discover their pathways to success, right, by working in relationship with education, industry, community partners. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, when you approach this work? And when you think about it from an equity perspective, how does that equity lens influence the work that you do day to day in your organization? Well, we launched a readiness Institute at Penn State on November 30th, 30th of 2020. We launched a readiness Institute 
with the lens that equity is embedded in everything that we do. Where every child, every learner, every adult that comes to the Readiness Institute who we work with feels like they belong. Because when you belong, you learn. And that was so important to our culture. So it is embedded in everything that we do. And that is not lip service. I work with an amazing director of diversity, equity, and inclusion through Penn State Outreach, Karen Armstrong, who helps us look at our program and says, okay, how can we further equity in this part of the program? How can we do this? By working with historical black college leaders to look at our program, to open up what we do and say, what can we do better? So we are very transparent in what we do to ensure equity, but that's the one piece of all of our programs is that we want to make sure that equity is not just taught in a silo or a goal or an initiative, but is embedded in everything that we do. And we want to make sure that we are fair and partial to everyone. And I, I'll just share with you, uh, we play the game life at home, the board game life. And I took a piece out one time, my little car, and I put it in the middle of the board game and gave myself a bunch of money. My kids jumped and screamed. They said, Dad, that's not fair. That's not what life's about. And I had to teach them. I was like, you know what? Life is kind of like that, where people actually do start ahead of other people. And it's not about being equal to each other. It's about making sure that we provide extra resources. We provide extra support. We do things differently to ensure that everyone gets to the end of the game because that's what it's about. It's not about where you, it's about where you start, but it's also about supporting each other where you start so we all get to the end of the game as productive citizens. So school districts are doing amazing things to, to address equity and we're, and that's embedded in everything that we do. But we can do a lot more. We can make sure that we become self-aware and we learn more about equity. I, I think personally, a lot of people get confused. Equity, equality, what's it mean? Let's take a time out. Let's take a step back. And first things first is let's learn more about equity. Let's be more self-aware what's happening in our classrooms, in our schools, in our communities. Secondly, let's learn about what's happening in our communities that we serve. Become part of the communities that we serve. Get to know the parents. Get to know the community organizations. Be more engaged with our communities. So we become more self-aware. We engage in our communities. We also, number three, review how we teach and use data that's available to us. How we teach one way may serve a certain population, but may, may not serve another population. So we have to step back and say, how do we make sure that we teach to ensure that all students are learning and not just for teaching what needs to be taught in the classroom? And one way to do that is look at the data. What is the data saying? Is this student learning? No. Okay, let's not keep doing the same thing over and over again more for more minutes. Let's change how we teach. Yes, and it may not be fair just like the game of life, but you know what? That is life. We have to make sure that everyone has the, the tools and resources available to them. And the last thing we have to look at is how can we re restore behavior? 
And how can we teach emotional wellness and social emotional learning to make sure that students are mentally, socially, emotionally open to learning in our classrooms? And again, that may look differently within programs as well. So we try to do all those things at the Readiness Institute. We also want to partner with school districts to, to help come in and work with uh, school districts to do those type of things and be that partner for them for learning. So equity it, to me is more important than anything we can do in education to make sure all students have access. And yes, it's going to look different. And you know what, that's okay. And it needs to be okay. Appreciate that insight, Justin. And I think <clears throat> I also appreciate your framing around using uh, your uh, platform and what you've been doing at the Readiness Institute to insert a framework of belonging to make folks to feel like they're a part of that. You know, I think when you raise the idea of social emotional learning, we all know that affective factors become obstacles for young people to be able to engage in learning, make it that much more difficult to succeed. This past year has certainly been a lesson in disproportionality different folks affected differently by the pandemic. And as a result, we find ourselves trying to provide folks with services and meet them at the level of where those needs are, right? It sounds to me like you and your team have been doing a lot to break barriers down, to reconstruct systems uh, as well. This work, Justin, is not easy. You're talking about transformational change to make sure that we create conditions that are good for our learners. Any advice to the listeners on strategies that you would share with someone interested in following your footsteps? We have listeners that span sort of the age continuum and different levels of their profession who are going to run into some of the challenges that you've begun to address, some of the obstacles and barriers, some of these brick walls, as you suggested, uh, they may be called. What are some of the ways that you navigate uh, some of the pressures associated with this work, Justin? And what could you share with others in terms of advice for that? The biggest thing I could share with others is first, do what's best for kids. At the end of the day, look in the mirror. Do what is best for kids. When you wake up in the morning, if getting there one to two hours earlier is best for kids that day, do what is best for kids. Make sure that you're learner-centered in your approach when working with kids. We had a student this summertime in our summer program. We had 45 Brazen High School seniors attend. We had 45 start, 45 finish, great attendance rates. One of the students came up to me and said, uh, Dr. Alio, I don't feel like I fit in this program. And I was like, time out. We don't want you to fit in this program. We want to fit to you. What are your needs that you need? How can we help you? We have a learner-centered program, not a program where you feel like you need to fit in our program. We want to fit into your life. So we have to do what's best for kids, no matter what the cost is sometime, and sometimes and how it may look. So that's number one. Number two, we never, we never should stop learning. We never should stop learning. As an adult, we always need to continue what to learn, uh, what we can learn to do better. Uh, we need new ideas. I believe that innovation starts and ends with people, period. And we have the biggest innovators in our classrooms today. We have millions and millions of kids across this country who sit in classrooms every day with this serious, uh, this, um, uh, sense of fearlessness and hope to change the world. Let's unlock that potential and let them change the world and give them the tools and they need and, and listen and support what they need to change the world. And we need these new ideas. 
When people say, Dr. Alio, slow down, we don't need new ideas. I argue that because my mother in October passed away of cancer of 70 years old within two, three weeks. We need new ideas to cure cancer. We need new ideas to celebrate and love diversity within this country. We need new ideas to provide clean water sources. And the list goes on and on. And those new ideas are sitting in classrooms today and they're ready for this. So we, so as adults, we should never stop learning and how to support our students. The last thing we need to do is that we need to respect each other. Be kind. Yes, it sounds simple, but you know what? When you put the child in the middle of the table and you wanna be kind about it and respect each other, that's how the work gets done. And it may not be your idea that gets to the front of the table, and that's okay. Respect each other, trust each other, be kind to each other along the way. So we have to do what's best for kids. We have to never stop learning and always be kind and respect each other. Justin, I appreciate that insight. And when I think about folks who are looking for complicated, comprehensive strategies, and you lay out the fact that it's just about being kind to one another as a starting point, I think that's an important takeaway. That couldn't be, there couldn't be a time where kindness would be more necessary than the circumstances that we're faced with now and the things that we still have to navigate further. This work, when we think about education and the role that I have in terms of working with our school leaders and partners to make sure that that young learners have the conditions needed to be successful. It's made easier when we have leaders like you, Justin, in roles helping to achieve this, motivating others to do so. It's clear to me that as you've shared things throughout uh, uh, this episode, you've made the point that you yourself are a lifelong, lifelong learner, knowing that there's a lot of things that you need to learn and acquire as you work to strive to make folks be feel like they belong and are part of the programming as well. And for that, you know, on behalf of the department, I certainly want to thank you. And I think ultimately for me, I'd like for our listeners to hear what you offered up as sort of advice for folks, do what's best for kids and use that as your North Star to help guide what you're doing. And that I really appreciate it. Justin, thank you for joining us today. And let me just personally be the first one to say it's a privilege talking to you, having you on PDE Presents. Uh, and again, we look forward to hearing more about your successes in the future. Thank you. It's a, it's a privilege to do this work every day. And, and thank you for your leadership. And it's great to be uh, working with great colleagues. And um, it takes a team effort. And I cannot do what we do without our team. So thank you. Appreciate it. So I'm Noe Ortega. Thank you all who joined us today for PD Presents. See you next time. Production and technical assistance provided by the Harrisburg branch of the Pennsylvania Training and Technical Assistance Network. <laughs>